0: Hello and welcome to Free on Free Overtime. Tonight's guest is Belfast Giants netminder Tyler Basquani. Tyler, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? I'm all good. I'm all good. So we. We get p- players on from the league, and we just go through their career, so always we always ask the goalies this why why did you become a goalie?
1: Um, well, it kind of started I was probably about six or seven, and growing up you you don't really have a set goaltender, you kind of rotate through, and um, the first year we had a set goalie uh, a full-time goalie um he ended up getting hurt halfway through the year. And then, um, the previous years I was always pretty decent at it and I kind of enjoyed it. Um, but I was a really good player as well. So they, they kind of asked me if I wanted to take, take over because the other guy wasn't able to do it. So, um, my dad kind of said it was, it was, it's your decision. And, um, I said, yeah, absolutely. I, I'd love to do it for the rest of the year. And, uh, I guess it kind of worked out. You can say, uh, I had a big influence too. My old, um, my old babysitter her she had a son, he was a few years older than I was, and he was a goaltender as well, and he kinda of played a little higher level growing up and so um I kind of looked up at him as well. We were with him every day, so um he was kind of an influence on me, uh, to become a goalie. What
0: position did you play as an outskater? As a six foot four uh, guy where you go around wrecking people or you <laughs> behaved. Uh
1: no, it was kind of a it was kind of a shit show play wherever and uh, just kind of stop the puck from getting into your end and try to put the puck in the other team's end. So, it, there was not really any set positions, but um, I was, I probably well, from my memory, I felt like I was one of the better better players in my age group and um, probably top half of, of the, the skilled players at, at that age at that time.
0: So, you finished doing your midget junior career, you end up doing three years. In the OHL, we did two years with the Owen Sound Attack. How did you end up there?
1: Um, I actually got fortunate. Growing up in Northern Ontario, it's it's kind of tough to get uh, to get seen um, and and recruited. I mean, you're most most of the kids that make it to the OHL. It's a little easier getting drafted out of Toronto area or, or Ottawa area or the, the bigger cities. Um, being in Sudbury, you don't really go down south a whole lot. I mean, we were, we were still about four and a half, five hours away from Toronto. So, um, the only exposure we really had at that time was, was heading down south for, for tournaments and the odd time you'd get a scout, um, come and watch you play in, in Northern Ontario. So, um, it was a little tougher and. Yeah, our numbers. Myself and my goalie partner, he ended up getting drafted as well to the OHL. But myself, you know, our numbers weren't the best. I think I had a almost a five goals against average at the time. So, um, which is kind of crazy to think because we had a decent team at the time as well. We had quite a few guys get drafted from that team to the OHL. Uh, A few guys went on to play college. A few guys to the OHL as well, but. Um, yeah, I, it was kind of, I got lucky that a, one of the head scouts for Owen Sound was from our area. And I used to skate, I would say it was probably a room, not a, not a very big room, basically. It was probably about four nets long and then maybe two wide. Um, and he came, he knew that the goalie coach that was training me at the time and he came to watch me and um you know he obviously liked what he saw I had I had the stature and the size at the time so um he reported back and and I'm I had a phone call with the London Knights as well and that was the only other team that I had a call with so um it was brace smooth between Sound and London and uh I wasn't really watching the draft I didn't really wasn't expecting much and then uh yeah 14th round came around and I ended up getting picked by Owen Sound and they had, they actually had drafted two goalies ahead of me in that same draft. And so, um, I showed up at camp. I really wasn't expecting much my first year. And, um, yeah, I'm, I ended up be, I was fortunate that I was able to skate with some pretty big names. I mean, Bob, Bobby Ryan was there at the time and, uh, a few others. Theo Peckham was on the ice with us. And so. Um, it was kind of cool in that sense to be able to, that, to me, that was the highlight of my career at the time. I mean, skating with these guys, you know, Bobby Ryan's about to go top five NHL pick in, in the draft. And so, um, yeah, for me, it was, it was incredible. And I actually showed up. Um, I ended up showing up my first camp and it kind of said, show up to take pictures. And so, um, I mean, it was a suit and tie picture and I showed up and I was the only kid that showed up in a suit and tie and, uh, <laughs> everybody else kind of brought it with them just their their shirt and shirt and tie for the picture and then took it off right away and I was I was that kid that, that showed up in a full-blown suit and tie to to take a headshot for a five second headshot and that was it so but no I mean I was super fortunate to go to Owen sound great coaches um and I mean the difference between Owen sound and K- Kingston was uh night and day really I mean I had owen sound i had a an amazing coach, Mark Reed, who, who ended up passing away. He was with the Ottawa Senators and, and passed away suddenly there. And, um, the development and the stuff that I learned from him, it was, I mean, two hour practices that per day we had floods between practice, between, uh, between every hour. And so, um, yeah, the, the, the development side of things was incredible there. And the city's not, gr- well, I shouldn't say the city's not good. Gr- the city is incredible. It's just there's a lot of snow there's it gets pretty cold out there and so there's not a whole lot going on you can't really just get up and go go downtown or this you know to to Toronto or anything like that so um we were I was super focused on my my development at that time and I mean we had 10:30 curfew every night and stuff and they were sticklers with with that kind of stuff so it was really good for me personally and then uh yeah I ended up going to Kingston after where I had Doug Gilmore as a coach where I mean, he treated us like he was treated in, in the NHL. I mean, he, he taught, he tra- treated us really well. Um, 45 minute practices, no curfew. We did what we wanted basically. So, um, yeah, the difference there was incredible. And I, I mean, I had, I had such a good time in both places and I met some incredible people in both places and, um, some great friends and yeah, both, both places were, were really good for me at the times that I was there. Uh, with the, uh, the Owen Sound attack, um, played with
0: Matt Carter, who played in the league and a player that I'll mention shortly, Michael Desario, that I think uh, had a uh, impact later on. We'll, we'll talk about that later. And, uh, Wayne Simmons as well. Um, what was he like? Was he the, uh, the player he was in his career? Cause he, he caused a few upsets in the, you know, a cracking player.
1: Yeah. He had, he had quite the, the, I guess you could say the upbringing into the the hockey world. I mean, he went from playing um, house league to, I think it was, he got called up to double A that year. Um, and then he went to, he went straight from double A to uh, the OHL, I believe. And then from there he played after his first year in the OHL, I think it was his second year. He ended up going to the world juniors for team Canada. And then the year after that, he, I don't know if he got drafted or if he signed with LA, but he made the team the year after that. And so it, it was, it's just an incredible the way he, he made it to the NHL that quick. And I mean, he was awesome guy he you can tell he had that um that nhl pedigree about himself the way he he walked in the room you know he was um he he just knew that he had you, you can tell that he had what it took to be there and he was going to do whatever it took to get there and so he, and i think that's the way he played he he did what it took to to stick it out in the nhl and he did whatever the coach asked him to do and um, yeah, he had, he actually surprising how, how long his career ended up being in the NHL. But, uh, yeah, just an awesome guy. And, uh, we, we had to trade him halfway through. Well, we ended up trading him halfway through my first year for, for some players and picks. But, uh, yeah, just an incredible guy. And, uh, he deserved everything that came his way.
0: Yeah. I think even a fair weather hockey fan, if they've shown you a picture of Wayne Simmons, oh yeah, that's, that's Wayne Simmons. I just want to talk, talk to you about the time at, it- Kingston, you had the lion's share of the net mind duties. You went to the playoffs. Um, you went out to Barry, who ended up being in the final. And I'll, I'm a bit of a geek. I like to see who you who you played against. You literally played against an elite league team. Luke Piffer, who was at Nottingham. He was top goal scorer for that team. Taylor Carnival, Stefan Delarova, Max Stannis, Josh Britton. Uh, when you come to the elite league, you must be like seeing old faces.
1: Yeah, it, uh, it's pretty cool. The, the names and the people that you played against. I mean, at that time when I first got here, it would have been 10 years, 10 years after I had played in the OHL. And just to see the names again, you're like, Oh, I remember you. I played against you and so on. So, and it's, it, it is kind of cool how it goes for a full circle. And like you said, uh, Michael Durazio was another one. And so he, um, yeah, I don't know if you want to get into that now, but. Uh yeah, he was an awesome guy as well. I've got a few questions coming up about that.
0: So you were drafted <laughs> 59th overall from the Dallas Stars. You were assigned to Texas for the 3 years when you did some stints in with Idaho. Um talk to us about your your time in the AHL and there's one question I was thinking of in that your last year in in that uh, that contract. Dallas weren't doing too well. Yeah. It, um they couldn't find a settled goalie. You, for me, looking outside from in, you were you were a year behind Richard Bachman, and he was getting the NHL shots. Was that a fair assessment?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Dallas was was kind of a tough situation to be put into. Um, obviously, I was I was a high enough draft pick. Um, I was Dallas's actually first draft pick of that season. They didn't have a first rounder, so. Um, I was their first pick of the the draft for them and um, they obviously had high expectations for me, but um, you know, being in Dallas, it was kind of tough because it was, they were going through a transition where they, I don't even know if they had an owner at the time right. that I got, that I ended up getting there. So, um, and I think Arizona went through it not long ago as well, but it was, it was just a tough, tough position to be put into. And I didn't, I didn't necessarily realize it at the time until my, I think it was my third year when I ended up back in Idaho and they didn't have a goal. Their, their goalie coach was Andy Moog. And, but that was, so he was there when I was still in the OHL, he was their goalie coach, but then he ended up becoming their assistant coach. So he wasn't really able to just leave and go, go talk to us and and come help us out. Even when I was in, um, in Idaho, but at that time they ended up signing, they ended up hiring Mike Valley, who's an amazing goalie coach. I mean, he, he coached massive goalies and, and really redefined the goaltending position altogether. And so, um, uh, but again, he was their, their main guy. And at the time they had Kari and who, who was facing. In my opinion, was probably one of the most underrated goalies in the league. Cause I mean, he was probably facing 35 to 40 shots a night. And so he was keeping them in games every single night. And, and I think that's kudos to Mike Valley. He did an, an amazing job with him. So he didn't necessarily have the time to come and see us either. Right. So the development side of things for me while I was in Dallas was tough. And then when I was playing professionally with them, um, they they base well, they ended up drafting Jack Campbell, I believe it was two maybe three years after me, and so that kind of bothered me a little bit because I kind of knew that they had a plan for him he was a first rounder I mean I think he was a top fifteen pick, and so um I, the writing was kind of on the wall for me there, um but I decided to take the right approach, you know I, I worked hard, I showed up every day, I put my head down and um did what I had to do, but Um, I ca, yeah, it was, it was a, again, tough situation to be put into. Um, my second year pro was the first year I actually got an opportunity in the AHL and we, it was kind of a tough position to be put into because our team was, I think we finished second last in that year. Um, our coaches didn't necessarily see eye to eye system wise. Um, we had guys. A lot of guys were worried about getting called up, getting sent down, um, and that sort of thing. And so, and then at the end of the year, I'd say about a month left in the season. Um, I ended up going out. So I ended up, I actually ended up going out for a pregame escape. Um, Raycroft was down. He got sent down at the time and, and Raycroft was playing that day. And so we had like, it was an optional skate. We had three goalies. So it was myself, Raycroft and Campbell. And then we had, I think it was one shooter going out. And so I knew I wasn't playing. I was, I was, I wasn't even necessarily, I wasn't sure if I was even dressing that day. So I said, well, whatever, I'll go out, I'll wear my skates and I'll, I'll just shoot pucks around like a player. Like I'll, I'll make passes to the guy and I'll help out in that sense. And then, and so I did that. And then I ended up dressing that game and Raycroft ended up getting pulled and I let in a couple goals afterwards. Anyways, so then the GM came down and he said, you didn't skate this morning, did you? And I said, no. And then he kind of just said, that's what I thought. And then walked away. And so in my head, I was kind of thinking, okay, here we go. So then they, they ended up the next day we were going on the road. And I said, what time are we leaving this and that? And I get a phone call that night saying, you're not going on the road. Come in tomorrow morning. The GM wants to talk to you. I said, okay, whatever. didn't think anything of it. Uh, I went in the room and the GM basically said, we're, we're sending you home. Um, you know, with this, I think for them, they were trying to make it as a wake up call to me, like, Hey, you need to work a little harder. You need to match Jack Campbell's approach. But it, for me, it was tough because I was seeing uh, Raycroft and the way he played. I mean, he was so not laid back. And, um, I mean, there were practices. He never went down. And then you had Jack Campbell, who's the complete opposite who, you know, battled on every puck, and and he was just, uh, yeah, he was a work freak. He didn't stop working, and so they 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 kind of put me beside him, and then they said, you know what, we're we're just gonna instead of carrying three guys, it's just a distraction. So we're gonna send you home for the rest of the year. There was a month left, or two weeks left in the season, or something like that. So, um, so yeah, I kind of got red flagged after that in pro hockey out in North America, which which was kind of tough, but. Um, the other thing too with, with having Jack Campbell there, he came up at the end of the year and he, I mean, being, being an American, he had just had his really good world juniors. And from my aspect, from my, my point of view, I saw them see Jack as like, Hey, this is a great, uh, promotion. We can promote our team. It's Texas. You know, hockey's not huge here. We have this. All, this American kid coming up. He's our next, he's the future of our goaltending. And, you know, he's going to be the face of our franchise for the next years to come. And so um, that was kind of the way I saw it a little bit. Cause I mean, I, at the end of it, I was working just as hard. I was doing everything right. Except for that one skate, right. But um, yeah, that was kind of tough, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it wasn't my, my, it wasn't the best, experience in dallas but i mean i i didn't help myself out either so it was tough and then the year after that i mean it was they brought in nile storp and they had campbell there so and it was the lockout year which didn't help either the year that start till halfway through the season so um i kind of got pushed back and never really got it got and i knew so i'll tell you i knew my time was done there i, I know i'm rambling on here but um i knew my time was done there when there was There was an injury. I got called up to the AHL, and um, there was a 3-3, and and it was me and Campbell in the AHL. Campbell played the first two games, and then they called Campbell up for the Sunday game and sent down Bachman just to play the Sunday game. And it almost felt like they were trying to get him games, and so I said, you know what? you guys don't want me playing games here i'm 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 going home I, so I, I basically said just send me back to the coast our team's doing really well right now we have a really good chance to make a run at this this championship and so just send me back let me focus on that and we'll just part ways after which is pretty much what happened
0: why did you not feel feel like they were just more honest in the first place cuz the way he came down and said you didn't skate this morning he was just looking for one reason to get you why why couldn't it have been a, a bit better in that way could you have not have been traded yourself earlier on it would that have been an opportunity
1: so they yeah I mean they I think they tried to trade me I don't know how hard they tried but um yeah I don't I honestly don't know I mean I I I showed up and I'm I don't really have your typical professional body type either as you can say I, I mean I'm a little it's a little tougher for me to get in the, the NHL professional player shape that you can call it. And I mean, I, I can, I can do all the right things. I can eat properly, work out. And it's just, it's just one of those things for me that it, I've never been the player who has been the most in shape that goes back to my childhood. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, Am I am I in shape? Yes, but does my I mean do I look it? Not necessarily. So uh, that I don't think that helped my my situation a whole lot. And that kind of came out again in Arizona, where I do I have another good story there for that. And they yeah they they said they looked for a trade for me, but nothing good nothing really came of it. And by the time they sent me home, it was two weeks left, and there was nothing they can do. What's the Arizona story? Yeah. So, yeah, so I ended up going – this is just for the whole body type stuff. So I ended up going to Arizona. Um, <clears throat> I had a great summer. I actually just left the DEL, and I was going into Arizona for camp. I signed the AHL one-way there, and they said, come to NHL camp, have a good camp, and we'll, we're will we basically there, – there'll be a two-way wait for you. I said, perfect, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I show up to camp, best shape of my life, never been in a, in better shape, um, I mean, I'm probably top 10 in pushups and in, in most categories and I get there and there was a few categories I didn't do well in, but I mean, I'm goalie, so understandably, um, <laughs> uh, but no, they, and I, I, my exit meeting, it was probably one of the first ones cut. And I mean, they had probably five or six NHL guys on NHL contracts there. And they said, you know, um, I think we think you can get in, in a bit better shape. And I said, well, honestly, this is the best shape I've ever been in. I t- told him the same thing, and they said, you know what? Understandable. We had a guy here, Jason Labarbera. He was the same thing. He, you know, he he kind of had that milk bag body that you can say the dad bod bod that you can say, and that great goalie, NHL goalie. He, he did everything else right. Um, he just he, that's just the way his body was. And so yeah. he said, you you probably fall in that same category. And so for me, that was kind of like, hey. Okay, then I can obviously, if he, if LaBarbera can do it, then I can probably do it as well. Well, let's talk about a, a
0: good year that you had, and that was the, the year in Germany, fourteen fifteen. You were DEL goalie of the year. <clears throat> um, yeah. You were in the spot in Dusseldorf, playing with Drew Schistel, who uh, had a very good career in the Elite League, especially with the Blaze and Cardiff. Um, talk to us about that year, because from looking it, it looked like a lot of fun for yourself. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so <clears throat> that year I was coming off. So the previous year, I should back up. The previous year, I had a really good run in the AHL. We ended up losing in the Calder Cup finals uh, when I was in St. John's. Actually, we lost to Texas, which was kind of a heartbreak. But, um, yeah, we when I was in St. John's, I had a really good year, played really well for them, put up really good numbers. And the year after, I didn't have any any sniff. Nobody was biting. So I said, you know what? it. I'm retiring. I'm done playing. I don't want to put up with this anymore. My head's just not in the right place. It, it's such a mental grind playing in North America, just with the ups and downs of not knowing where you're going to be one day to the next. Am I going to get called up? Am I getting sent down? How much clothes do I have to bring with me on road trips? And so I said, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I'm going to go home and I'm just going to work. And, and I, I don't want to put up with this. So I ended up going home that summer, worked a little bit in Ottawa. And then I get a phone call, random phone call one night. I was actually out of the bar and it was, um, it was a random agent called me and said, Hey, listen, what's your plans for this year? What are you, what are you thinking of doing? I said, honestly, I I haven't really thought of that. I was actually coaching at the time. I was coaching, uh, I was coaching at a prep school in, in Ottawa. And so I said, I hadn't really thought of it. Like, well, he said, I have an opportunity for you. It's in Germany. And do you ever think about going overseas? I said, no, honestly, not really. Like, I don't really know a whole lot about it. Um, he said, well, there's a team here. Their goalie just went down. He's getting, he's getting surgery. Um, I got another really good recommendation from, for you. Um, and or from somebody else for you. And so we're, we're interested in bringing you in. Would you be willing to come in on a one month tryout? And at the time, I said, you know what, I got nothing to lose. Um, they said, we'll pay you X amount per game, um, and then we'll go from there. Play pray for the month, and then we'll see how the other guy does, and we'll go from there. So I said, sure. And I'm going for the month. I played every game except for one, um, where I woke up in the morning, and I couldn't move my neck. My neck just seized up on me out of nowhere. So and they, they actually still tried to make me play that game. So <laughs> that morning, I called the doctor, and I told him what was happening. He said, Kate, come meet me at the ring. And at this point, I've been there for about three weeks in Germany. And you obviously hear, like, back home, you hear about Germany and, and everything going on and how, how medicine, and they're not worried about what they give you and this and that. <laughs> so I get there, and the doctor, he adjusts my neck, adjusts my back. He ended up putting two cortisone shots in my neck, and the muscle relaxed in my ass. The needle. Three, so three shots because they wanted me to play that game, that day because there was uh it was a derby game so we were playing against Crevel <clears throat> and so they um yeah that was that was a pretty crazy start of my Germany career but um I ended up play like I said played every month every game that month um, and then they signed me to the rest of the year <clears throat> played well I won player of the month in December and then uh, yeah ended up winning goalie of the year. For, I don't think the team was supposed to make playoffs at the time. And we ended up finishing, um I think it was sixth or seventh and ended up upsetting Hamburg first round and um, ended up eventually lost against uh, Ingolstadt in the semis. But I had a really good season, really group of guys. And um I actually had signed a two-year extension with them on the condition of leaving and, and getting an AHL contract, which I ended up doing with Arizona, but yeah, you no, know, I I love Germany. I love everything about it—the the gameplay, the style, the people there. Um, yeah, the culture, everything about it. I just I really enjoyed.
0: I didn't know that about the Dow. because I've been to watch the Dow, watched a few games, and it seems like such a a run league. I didn't know that they would they would just try and patch you up. Hey, here, have some injections. That's, that's a new one for me. Uh, <laughs> lovely to hear Free free shots. So uh, you yeah, mentioned yeah. obviously. Yeah. Go into Arizona, them looking at you and getting annoyed and weird, bizarre. But you ended up going back uh, to Germany.
1: Yeah, so so I ended up when I signed my contract in Arizona, they said it's going to be you and Louis Domingue and you guys will fight it out for the third spot. And so I, again, I said, perfect. That's exactly what I want. Uh, this is the opportunity I wanted. I was coming off. I was 25 at the time, coming off of being goalie of the year in the Dell. So I said, you know what? This is probably my last opportunity at the NHL. You figure teams are bringing in a new goalie every every other year, probably. And so, and Young, and they want to develop these guys and try to get them in as quick as possible. So I said, you know what? Like I said, 25. The situation was right for me to return back home and try it for one more shot. So they said, you and Louis Domingue battle it out, and then we'll see from there. And then Domingue was going through arbitration issues. Uh, and he said, you know what? I don't want to sign this. I'm going overseas. I'm going to Russia. So they said, okay, perfect. good buck. So they went out and they signed uh, Nicholas Trudel, another German kid, uh, to an NHL two-way contract. So now it was me and Trudel. And about a month later, a couple of weeks before the season started, Doming said, you know what? I'll, I'll come back and I'll sign my contract. So then there was two guys, two guys on NHL deals ahead of me, around the same age as I was. Um, And so again, the writing was kind of on the wall for me, me being on an AHL one way. Um, I stuck it out till about December and they said, you know what? We'll, we'll try to find you a place to go, but, um, we're going to send you down to the East Coast. And I said, you know what? I'm not going back to the East Coast. I know what it's all about there and I'm, I'm good. So, well, I know. Sorry. I said, I'm going to look for a place to go first. I found a place in Norfolk. And then about two weeks after that, um, Germany called Uh, Nuremberg ended up calling and said we need a guy for the rest of the year and I said yeah I'm coming
0: How was that? Was it different to Dusseldorf? Did you because you know what you're expecting playing in the league but what were the two teams like difference?
1: Yeah um, Nuremberg was fun because the group of guys we had um, they were a little how can I say this Um, their resumes were a little bigger I mean, I played with Danny Heatley that year. I played with, uh, Steve Reinprecht, who won a, uh, uh, Stanley, or Stanley Cup in Colorado. Um, Curtis Foster, who had NHL games, uh, Matt Murley, who's, who's on, uh, Spinning Chicklets. I mean, he was there as well. So we had a really good group of guys, um, a bit of an older crew. Um, and they just, they, they made, yeah, they made the time there that, that much fun. And I mean, we had a good team. We, we should have gone a little farther. We ended up losing in the, losing in the semis again. But, um, the city was unbelievable. Um, the coaches were good. The staff was all good. They treated us super well. Um, the, our, well, our team sponsor at the time was Thomas Sabo, uh, the jewelry. And so he basically said, uh, any new player that comes in place for me, I give them a thousand dollars credit to my store and any significant other gets 500 euros so I, I walked in there and I basically went shopping for free and it was a one-time thing. We played for him. And I was only there from December till what, April.
0: Yeah.
1: And he ended up giving me that, all that stuff. And the, the apartment was great. We drove around in Mercedes, his cars. Like it was, the, the situation was just really good. And so they, yeah, it was,
0: uh it, it was,
1: it was tough to leave and, and tough not getting a contract the next year anywhere there, but I mean, they already had two goalies and, and it's tough because most of those teams have, have guys already. So, yeah.
0: So is that the reason why you've effectively retired at that point? You thought, I want, want to stay in Germany. You've been messed about back home. Was it wall always going through your head?
1: Yeah. Um, that was the second time I decided to retire. Really? Um, I, well, I kind of waited. I was waiting it out for a contract offer in Germany, and, and with Hamburg, and they ended up folding. And so, by the time I decided that I wasn't, that the time came to sign somewhere else, everybody else already had their goalies. And so, um, I had an offer to go to Finland in November, but I just said, you know what? No, nah, I'm I'm good. I'm gonna stop playing for a little bit longer, and and then you were playing. Or you'd be
0: playing like back over the, in uh, the FHL now and again. And then I'm presuming Michael gave you a call. Now, we love this league and the Edinburgh Capitals have been a, a staple of the league from when it started. But when he called, they had won three league games all season. What made you take that job? Because I don't think anyone, I think Edinburgh's... Goal difference at the, the the time probably was minus one ninety. There was a lot of stories going around about the Edinburgh Capitals. You couldn't not hear about them. They had players all leave. Tyler, what were you thinking?
1: Yeah, so the the situation to get me to Edinburgh, it uh, it, it all just kind of panned out. So I ended up I ended up um, I ended up leaving my wife in November. And so that was kind of a sticky situation. I said, you know what? I want to go back and I want to play hockey again. So that was kind of to the point where I reached out to my, few of my buddies were playing in the federal hockey league and I said, you know what, let's do it. Let's go play. I'm just going to go have fun with them. And, and so I ended up going. And I got a call. For, it actually wasn't D'Arazio who called me. Um, I, It was a random guy. I think he was from California or something like that who was friends with um we call them, Scott Neal and so he said no we're our, Edinburgh's looking for for a goalie any chance you're willing to go and I said you know what yeah let's do it so I looked at the team I said you are not doing too too good but I heard really good things about Edinburgh and um yeah I said I think I know I'm gonna get shelled with shots but it's a perfect way to get back into hockey. It's a perfect way to see if I can still do it, and so I ended up going and um yeah the actually the other goalie was still there, which was kind of awkward at the time um a Russian guy in uh, yeah apparently his his family was uh not not a family you want to be messing around with over there so ah. or or at least that's what I was told, so they may have been the guys may have been just trying to scare me a little bit but um no they they got me in a good apartment um I had a couple of really good roommates and um yeah I played fairly well I feel like I did pretty good while I was there and I mean as good as I could play for for the situation that we were in you got two wins I ended up getting two wins one against Belfast which I uh I let them know about any chance (laughs) I can so that's always fun but uh yeah, them and I ended up being Manchester as well. So, um no, I was for me it was a good situation to just to get away from everything and come back and and try to play hockey again and see if I still can and yeah, it all it all kind of really panned out for me. We've heard a lot. Just one last one for
0: me. We've heard a lot about the capitals and some of the shenanigans. Is there anything you can give us a sample of of, of your time there that you just thought, what the hell? <laughs>
1: um for for me one of the big ones and it kind of made sense was um getting rides so we used to get rides to games like dundee five and glasgow from, from some of the fans and so we there was an equipment van so we'd throw all the gear in the equipment van and then um, we had a couple of cars there waiting for us and we, a couple of us would hop into each car and we had a, a little convoy of vehicles going to these away games. And we'd all pull up at different times and, and get out and get ready for the game. And yeah, that was, that one. But I mean, at the same time for a team who's, I mean, low budget, I mean, the buses aren't aren't cheap. They and they have, that's one thing I have to say about Edinburgh though. the The, the volunteers that they have there were incredible. Um, we actually, another one, there was, um, we had three girls, I forget their names, but anyways, we we went to Milton Keynes and they were, they were driving the equipment truck. And for some reason they were the only ones who were able to drive this equipment van. I don't know if it had something to do with insurance or whatnot, but, um, the van ended up breaking down. And so we had, we had, um, the equipment van. Uh, bigger and then two kind of like mid or bigger vans I guess were out here and uh, Scott Neal took the one with most of the Russian guys and then the Canadian guys hopped into the other one with our other owner Um, and so and then these three girls were driving the equipment van so the equipment van breaks down Scott takes off he's like nah I'm not waiting around I'm going home so he takes off and then so we're just kind of sitting there we have a van and I mean, we were planning on drinking most of the way. So we have a van full of pints. Uh, We ended up stopping for burgers and chips and all this stuff. And we waited, we waited for the tow truck to get there for for these girls. And otherwise these three girls would have been stranded there by themselves until who knows shows up to pick them up. So we said, no, we'll wait. And then yeah, tow truck shows up and then our owner had to work in the morning the guy who was driving in our vehicle. So he said, "Hey Raz, um, I'm going to drive for a bit, and then I need you to take over for the rest of the way." So it's Razio being the player coach and all this stuff, he's like, "Yeah, I guess. No one else is going to do it, so I'll I'll take him for the team here and drive." So we didn't take off from Milton Keynes till about midnight. Um, and the other guy drove around. He drove for about an hour, and he he was like dozing off at the wheel. Razz like, hey, okay, pull over. I'm I'm taking over from here. So Drazio basically drove from like one in the morning till what? Probably nine in the morning, eight nine in the morning. It was it yeah, that was kind of messy. Um, but that was another story about, about Edinburgh that I can I can share with you guys. I loved it. I I don't know. I loved it. Yeah, the, most of the stories that you hear are probably true. Um, but I, I, mean, I, I loved it. It was awesome. The people that were great, the volunteers were unbelievable. Um, my teammates were good.
2: So, so after after all that, um, in Edinburgh, you then, that's something you get the call from Belfast. Um, how did that move then come about? Uh,
1: uh, yeah. I mean, they were one of the only teams that had reached out really, um, and I, I, like you said, I had two wins that year in Edinburgh and it just happened to be one of them was in, in Belfast. And right, actually that was another story. So the day we won against them, our, what was it? Our, one of our players forgot his jersey. So he had to wear a backup goalie's jersey. So, and then our backup wore a practice Belfast Giants jersey inside out on the bench. Uh, but no, we ended up winning. I think it was 3-2 or 4-3, something like that. And I played really well. I ended up getting an assist. And so, yeah, I think, I think that was probably the moment that they were able to watch me and, and saw my potential. And, um, they brought me in for, you know, for, for the, the next year. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it all just kind of worked out. And, and that's kind of one of, one of key selling well talking points at the beginning of the year he says you know players show up here and they see the big stadium they see the big lights they see the crowd and they all want to perform well because these teams are coming from these other ranks where you know they might not have hot water or they you know or they might only have one door coming out of their bench or they might only have you know no no doors at the penalty boxes type of thing right and so they come to Belfast and they see the massive dressing room and all this. And, and they want to play well because they want to get seen for the years to come. And so, and I, I think I'm, I'm a true believer in that because that's exactly what I did. I came in here and I said, Holy shit, I want to be here. I'd, I'd love to play here. And you see the names that were there when I was playing against them, you know, Vandermeers and stuff. So you're kind of thinking like, Holy, am I, am I even able to make it here? And so, um, yeah, no, Belfast came calling and, it was kind of a no-brainer for me, especially at that, that point in time. And It
2: wasn't that bad a season, was it? League Championship, Challenge Cup, very good running the the Continental Cup. You, you were lost on penalties to the eventual winners. But yourself personally, uh, League Netminder of the Year and the Continental Cup Netminder. Uh, was it everything kind of when you start the season to the end, was it everything you wanted or was it just a lot more than, than you expected?
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really have any expectations or, or goals coming into that year. I didn't, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, it was really only my my second true test taste of of European hockey, um, other than Germany and the the. I mean, I was only in Germany for a year and a half, and then Edinburgh for a couple months, and I ended up getting hurt that year. So, um, it was really my my second true test of Europe, and so um, I didn't really understand how the league worked because I didn't really have to worry about winning a, a league trophy in Edinburgh at the time. And so um, the pressure that came with it and all, all this stuff in Belfast was a little different. And so um no, I like I said, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't I knew Murph, uh, Stephen Murphy at the time was a local legend here and a league wide legend really. And so I was I was, you know, wasn't sure if he was going to play some games or what the deal was there. And um, yeah. Showed up. I played really well. We had a really good team, obviously a great group of guys, um, a vet, veteran group, veteran presence. And I think it was a really good time for for Kiefer, or a really good group to have for Kiefer as well with him just coming into coaching and for all of them to help him out with, with the X's and O's and, um, you know, for him to be able to make mistakes and these guys to maybe, you know, pat him on the shoulder and say, Hey, maybe, maybe do this next time or, or maybe try something else. Right. And so, um, no, it was, it was an awesome group and, and an awesome season. And, um, unfortunate that we were only able to win two, uh, two out of the, what, four trophies, but coming second place in the other ones, it was, uh, a really good, good time, good experience. And I think that Continental Cup really set us up for the rest of the year because just getting put into those pressure games with, with the Continental Cup and, and playing that, that high stress and high pace and the playoff style game for, for, for that time, it was really good to, to set us up for the, the Challenge Cup and, you know, us being able to keep our cool going into overtime when it came to the Challenge Cup or, um, whatever it may have been, right? And so, uh, yeah, no, I think everything about that season was, was, uh, really good.
2: And obviously on the back of that, you end up getting a, um, a contract with Vistrica in Savaki. Now, we all hear of imports that go there, or British players that have gone over there. So, uh, the kind of question I'm going to ask is, what's what's it like playing hockey in Slovakia?
1: Um, I enjoyed it. I loved it there. Uh, my wife might have a, a different answer, but um, no, it, it was it was a really good good uh, good group of guys. Good hockey. Um, the pace is a little quicker. I shouldn't say the pace is a little quicker. The pace is about the same as here. Um, the, the, the Slovaks are probably just as good as the imports. And so that I think that might be the biggest change, the biggest difference. Um, where, where, you know, you've got really good slowbacks on every single team in that league. And so, um, it makes it a little tougher. And, um, yeah, no, it, the, the, the way, the way of life is a little, little tougher where you're you're I mean most of those places the the language barrier is the big one right I mean you can go other than Bratislava or maybe Kosice um, not many people speak English and I mean even that goes to my my the teammates that I had there as well my my goalie partner I'd walk in there and say hey how's it going and he'd basically tell me good morning and um, I asked him if he had a good night and he said yes and that was pretty much it that was that was the the extent of our conversation so that was that part of it was a little tougher but um and then our coach being english um they they had a true belief that um they they needed to translate everything so all of our meetings were twice as long our video sessions were twice as long i mean we we sat through um the video sessions and, and with them speaking slow back to the other guys to to explain the x's and o's and everything that was going on so um that side of things was a little different. But, I mean, the hockey, it, it's probably comparable to what it is here. I mean, you, the top top teams are really good. And, and um, yeah, you see a lot of guys move on from there and they go to Austria or they go to Germany or um, Czech. A lot of players go to Czech, especially the Slovak players, because there's no language barrier there, right? So,
2: um, So obviously, then you had one game in the, the Austrian League, but then obviously COVID happened. And then you, you end up coming back to Belfast and once again, you, you, you win, uh, so it's, it's like just a natural thing for to Belfast and win stuff, but that was a talented team that you had, um, in front of you. How much fun was that?
1: Yeah. That was, uh, we had a pretty talented team there as well. Um, with the likes of, uh, Griffin Reinhardt and Kahn and, uh, Goodwin and JJ. Um, yeah, we had a, we had a solid team from top to bottom and we had a lot of a lot of guys that that bought into their roles early enough to give us a chance to win um and so i think that was that's a key piece to to any successful team is is having players being able to buy in and play play every role um and obviously having a couple of hundred point getters definitely helps but um you know having guys like cons and, and and picks there along the way definitely helped that season and um yeah, I mean it's it, that was a, a really good group and um they they de- that group definitely deserved the, the two trophies that we ended up winning that year.
2: And what's become apparent a bit of a theme to this interview were you announced your retirement. Um and then halfway that season, um, change your mind. Um and then you come back and then you go on to win the Grand Slam. So what was it that made you change your mind again? Um and how <laughs> given how close are the previous two years for Belfast, how good was it to actually get to the end and win everything and, and kind of just, you know, ride out in, in the blaze of glory?
1: Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I had, I had stopped, obviously I had stopped again during COVID um, and we kind of got settled down, me and my wife and and we had a child at that point. And um, obviously everything changes once you have a family. So. Uh, going back last year it was a little more difficult. No, I would shouldn't say difficult. It was a little more of a surprise I think to everybody. I mean I had touched, I had kept kept touch with Kiefer throughout the summer and, and most of the beat well, the beginning of the year as well. And um, I watched the games and stuff and um, yeah, that was kind of another situation where everything just kind of fell into place for us. Um, one of the one of the big things was my I mean my my son, he was what two, two and a half and every morning he'd wake up and, and he wanted to watch Belfast Giants highlights on on YouTube. So um he kind of had the itch for it. And so that was, I mean, that was one of the reasons why I ended up coming back. But uh, yeah, Kiefer kind of, he, he wrote to me in December and he basically said, we're making a change. Do you, are you interested? Do you want to come back? And um at that time I had just played the tournament with Slater Doggett. He played in uh he has a, a, a corporate tournament, I guess you can call it. And it's a bunch of real estate teams from Canada. And the, the teams that we, his team had a bunch of like young junior guys that just came out of junior working for this company, a couple of pro guys. Um, but it was Canada wide. I mean, we had flown out, guys, that team had flown out guys from, um, the East coast, the West coast. Other teams had first rounders um play for their teams and stuff and so um he kind of called and he said listen we were allowed to bring in a goalie from from not the company basically are you interested do you want to come and play so i ended up going and i played and we ended up winning and i ended up getting a shutout and i think it was two out of the four games that i had played and so um uh, i, I kind of got the itch there a little bit and, and told myself like hey I, I i still got this like hey I haven't trained all summer. I haven't done anything and I I still got this. Like maybe, maybe I can't come back and do this. And then within a week after that, Kiefer called and said, Hey, are you interested? And I said, You know what? I kind of am. And so, um, I was working for the government at the time. I was working for the tax ban and, um, the biggest gang in Canada. And we, uh, I, ba- I basically asked him, I said, I told Kiefer, I said, listen, don't get your hopes up on this. I can't see them letting me go. The, it, it benefits them in no way to let me go right now. And we're coming to, to the the end of the year, which is tax season. So, um, most, most corporate companies are getting their taxes in at that time. And so I said, it really benefits them in no way to let me go. So don't hold your breath on this. And then, um, I reached out to my manager and, and she kind of said, holy yeah, you absolutely have to do this. What a great opportunity. And so I was kind of taken back by it. And I said, yeah, okay, I guess that I had a conversation with my wife and she said, Yeah, for the four months, absolutely. So we ended up going and January first we left and yeah, ended up winning in trouble.
2: So not only have you done your best to prevent my team and Scott's team winning somewhere, you work for the tax man. I'm kind to struggle <laughs> to so. actually go, you know, this is a decent guy. Um jokes aside, this year, um and you know, it hasn't been the season that Belfast have wanted. In terms of the the bar that they've set, Um, do you feel now it's more of a let's have a really good strong run and really hit home the postseason last piece of silverware to defend and just give it everything for that?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously it hasn't been the season that we were hoping for. Um, It's yeah, it, it just it's one of those things, eh? Where it's you feel like you have the right pieces in place and you get to games and pucks aren't going your way and bounces aren't going your way and guys get down on themselves and they just grip the stick a little tight and just when you think you're out of it you win a game or two you're you're right back there so um it's it's tricky it's tough I I've never been a part of a team like this before and um especially here in Belfast I mean we've we've always been been in in slumps or we've always had a, a couple of down games where um, you know, we've always been able to come back, get out of it and, and just keep on, on our roles. And so, um, I mean, every year, I think I've been here, we've been on, on runs of over 10 games at least once a year, if not a couple times. And so, um, and it was looking good there for, for a while too. I mean, we, we started the year, we ended up winning 13 games in a row, uh, going back to the Champions League and, and whatnot. And so, uh, we were feeling pretty high on ourselves and that, that probably didn't help our situation a little bit. Um, just because we, we knew what we were, we're, what we're capable of doing. And so, um, when things started, didn't start going our way, um, it, it was just kind of a, a, you know, a bit of a, I shouldn't say shit show. It was just, it was tough, tough for us to, to try to sort out a way to get out of it. And I mean, it's, we, we've tried almost everything. And so, uh, um, it, yeah, it, it got, it got a little, I shouldn't, yeah, it got a little dark there for a while. and. Um, just bringing in some fresh faces like, that, that helped immensely. I mean, uh, Erickson was a big one. Um, who else do we, bring? just getting Roach, Roach back from injury? That was big. I mean, he's, he had always been around, but you know, just like boost of energy from getting these guys in. And so, um, yeah, it, it, those, that's definitely stuff that helped. Um, and you know, I mean, we, yeah, we, we may have gotten rid of, of, you know, guys that didn't feel like they fit and, and wanted to go elsewhere and had felt like that for a while. And so, um, great players as well. And so, um, you know, hopefully everything works out for them. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know. It, it's just one of those things. And it's, it's funny because I mean, it's, we've kind of, we've been in situations like this almost every year. I mean, last year we were, when I had signed, we were, I think it was 12 or 14 points back from, from Guilford. And then we ended up coming back and winning. And then um, the previous year with Sheffield, we were a long ways back. I think it was eight or ten points there. And then the year before that, I think it was Cardiff where they had a stronghold on the league as well. And so you never know. I mean, you just never know. I mean, Sheffield, even this year, we've put ourselves in a good position. Well, we've put ourselves in a position where, I mean, if we get on a run and, you know, injuries happen in Sheffield or, or whatever it may be, but... Um. Yeah. It definitely starts. It starts. With, I think it, this weekend's a big, big weekend playing Cardiff. Um. You know, if we can, if we can find a way to get those four points this weekend, which, I mean, we've we dominated them. We felt like we dominated them the last time they were here, and we just didn't get very lucky with with bounces. And I think I don't even know if they had 20 shots against that game. And so, um, if we can have a few more performances like that, and and hopefully get a couple bounces our way. Um, the confidence might start coming back for us a little bit more. And I mean, mean, we're having a really good week of practice right now. So guys are getting amped up and ready to go for for a big weekend.
2: Well, mentioned back, you mentioned in respect of the the Champions League League, and it was quite the campaign for, not only for the Belfast Giants, but a British team um, going undefeated at home. um, Unlucky in two of the three away games. What was that like as a campaign? And also having to have the... uh, the the, uh, the 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 opportunity of playing the 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 hosts the current holders of the CHL in their own backyard in Tampera?
1: yeah um i'll be the first to admit that i didn't think we stood a chance against any of teams in the champions league uh i think i'm able to admit that now <laughs> um and so going in going into the, those games i mean you you look at their payroll i mean their one of their players probably has the same payroll as their entire team and so um it's it, when you look at it in that way I mean it's tough and so with the travel especially it's it, it was a a difficult situation to be put into but I mean I think everybody was jacked up to play in those games and um we I think we played we outplayed though, their first game which which was a bit of surprise and we had a chance to win that one and um to us that was a bit of a, a bit of a confidence booster where uh, may have gotten unlucky, I mean we had an empty netter that we could have scored on, and a um, few chances to tie it up and a couple of silly mistakes uh to to give them a few goals and so um yeah to us it was like oh we we have a really good opportunity here to do something because I mean luko is a solid team as well, and then we went to Tampa and got shelled six one, which wasn't good, but um no they i they they're they do- i they dominated us. I mean, we were coming off a of back to back. We had been gone for a few days by that point. Um, they had played the, I think it was either, it was Thursday, Saturday or Friday, Sunday. So they had a day off in there, a uh, bit of time to rest up. And yeah, they, they just, they had their way with us that game. And so, um, it was still fun though. I mean, going there, getting that atmosphere, the, the, you know, that rink, they had the world there not long ago. So everything was, was, uh, yeah, it was updated and everything was really nice and it was fun to play against those players and uh, a couple of ex nhlers on that team as well. And so, um, yeah, a really good time there. Really, really enjoyed ourselves in, in Finland. And then, um, Innsbruck was, I think that was the heartbreaker for us. I think that one was the one where we felt like we, we should have won. Um, we, yeah, we played really well for, for probably 50 minutes and then an unlucky bounce i think their their second goal um one of our guys loses a stick in the corner and we had possession of the puck and he went to go pick it up and then all of a sudden we didn't and then it was a backdoor tapping and um yeah we even talking to the coach afterwards you know he had mentioned like hey we we probably didn't deserve this to win this one and um we just couldn't find a way to 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 win it and and yeah. Put the puck in the back of the net. And so the goalie played well too. He made a couple of big saves and, um, that was tough, but yeah, that, that one to me, that was the one where, um, we, we, we should have won. And if we did, we had a good opportunity to move on.
2: And if, if ever there's a team not to face on a back-to-back, it's the finish and you and current CHL holders in, in an impressive yeah. arena. I've been myself. It's, it's one hell of an arena. Um, but a great campaign also. Your second stint in playing the CHL was it just as fun as the first time?
1: Um. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, it was. I'd say it was just as fun facing teams that you don't know, facing uh, opponents that you're just unaware with, right? And, and this one was a little different, just because of the format. It was a new format this year where where you played six six brand new teams, and so uh, or six different teams. Where the first time around we had played. Um, we kind of had a tough, a tough, um, pool there as well. Um, we had, yeah, we had, uh, who was it? Jurgardens, uh, Munich, and we had Ambry Piota in the Swiss league. And so, um, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> and you know what? We actually, we played pretty well there too, where we ended up beating, I think it was Munich in a shootout or overtime. And then we lost to Sweden in an overtime, I think it was. And so, I mean, we, to me, to me, at that point in time in my career, I mean, it was my second year back from retirement for the third time, I think. <laughs> um, you know, and I was trying to get back to Germany. And so, for me, I knew I had to play well against and against Munich, and which I did. I ended up making, I think, it was close to 50 saves in Munich which was in the middle of August, which if you've ever been there, it's a very warm rink and I was pouring sweat out of my skates after that game. And so um, we ended up losing that one. I think it was three, two or three, three, one or something like that. So um, yeah, put a good show on there, um, beat them back in Banska. And so, uh, yeah, no, it was, I didn't, I didn't end up going to Ambry Piota just because it was kind of, it was a midweek game uh, and we had the league after that. And so, um, it would have been nice to go to Switzerland then, but I, I ended up getting a different opportunity to go to Switzerland afterwards.
2: Funny you should say that. Because last question I'm going to ask you uh, <laughs> before I bring Scott back into it. You, you get the call that every Canadian hockey player dreams of. Uh, it's to represent Team Canada. And obviously, as you mentioned, uh, in the, the prestigious Spengler Cup. F- from start to finish, what, what was that like? Was it, If you can kind of, in a nutshell, just ex- de- describe the
1: experience. at first it was a bit of a shit show. Um, So they ended up calling. Well, actually I was sitting on the couch and I get a call from a WhatsApp call from San Jose. And I said, who the hell is calling you from San Jose? I almost, I actually almost didn't answer it. And I had been looking to, I had been looking on the website to see if there was a roster up that day and the day before, because I knew Spangler was coming up and, and I knew Joe Thornton was, was on as a GM, and I didn't even think anything of it. So I answered the phone, and I just kind of like, hello? And he said, hey, is it Ty? Yeah. Hey, it's Joe Thornton calling you. I said, oh, okay, Joe, how's it going? Uh, good. And how would you like to play for Team Canada? And at that point, I blacked out. I have no idea what was said afterwards. He basically just said, like, when, when is your last game? And I said, well, we played through Christmas, so we don't really have a last game um, and he said, "Okay, well, we need to hear by the 24th. You'll get a call from somebody else, basically." And, and I'm sure there was more said, but honestly, like I, I completely blacked out by that point, like no idea what was what was happening. Um, and so that was on the 19th, and then we had a game the no, sorry, it was the 20th. We we had a game on the 20, no, we had a game 20th, 22nd, 23rd. So I had basically had like two days to pack. My parents were flying down to, to see us for Christmas. Um, and so they weren't, they weren't expecting to go. They were on their flight from Florida to Toronto and then Toronto, they were flying Toronto to Dublin. So on basically on their flight from Florida to Toronto, I'm trying to text them, get a hold of them saying like, Hey, well, listen, plans have changed a little bit. Yeah. My wife's freaking out because we were supposed to have Christmas all planned. Uh, we were going to Hogmany we were going to Edinburgh for hogmany that um, on New Year's Eve. So that all got kiboshed. And so, um, yeah, I was just trying kind of trying to sort everything out. And then basically at that point I had probably about two hours of paperwork to fill out, to send back to team Canada, um, with all their stuff going on right now. So they obviously have a bunch of things that they need filled out and, stuff that I need to sign and waivers I need to send. And I mean, they had a background check to do on me and all of this stuff. So um it was pretty intense. So I had to do all that stuff. And then I had a game on the Wednesday and then I had Thursday. And then we had a game on the Friday and the Saturday, but we flew out, we, we basically bused to Scotland Friday night. So, I had Thursday to pack my stuff, see my family. We did Christmas on Thursday at home with my kids' cause I have two kids now um, and so my parents were down. We did Christmas uh, and then played Friday at home, drove to Scotland, played Saturday, and then I flew out on the Sunday to go to Spangler so um that was all kind of a, a bit of a shit show there so uh, but once I got there, I mean it was it was incredible I mean the, if you ever get to go uh i highly suggest it. my friends i was actually talking to my friends a few months back and i said you know i I, i'm really trying to push for the spangler this year this and that and i told Kiefer my one goal this year was to play for the spangler and they said well do you really have a chance i said honestly after the the champions league that i just had I, i think i do like if i do any year i have a chance it would be this one i mean i played well on the international level and so and they said, honestly, man, it's it's our it's on my bucket list. And I said, really? This is on your bucket list, the Spangler? Like, I maybe the World Juniors, if anything, but the Spangler. I said, yeah. And so once I got there, I understood why it was on their their bucket list. What a what a fun time, I guess you can say. It looked like it was just everything about the place. It was unbelievable. Um, yeah, the 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 team Team Canada treated us really well hotel was really nice. Um, we ended up getting a day off. So me and my wife, um, went up on a mountain and basically it was like an après ski and where they just had like loungers all along the edge of the mountain, right in the Alps. And they had hot tubs on top and you can rent bathing suits. Everybody was drunk and what a, what a time. And so that was unbelievable. And then the atmosphere in that rank was incredible. The fans, it was sold out every game, two games a day. Both games sold out the entire tournament. Um, we were fortunate to be able to play Davos, the one game, and the the crowd in there. They Honestly, I think that's why we ended up losing that game. And you, I was sitting in the stands. I wasn't dressed that game. And you can just feel the momentum shift. And it was crazy. I've never felt it. I, I felt it in Belfast a few times. But other than that, in, at that stage, with that type of the 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 caliber of players that were there, I mean, they're they're ex-NHLers. Almost everybody on the team had played in the NHL at some point. So, but to feel the the momentum shift like that, I had never experienced that before in that stage. And <clears throat> it was it was slowly, slow, a little slower, a little slower, a little slower. And at the end of the game, I mean, you can hardly hear yourself think, and it was just, yeah, it just, the you know, just little things like that, and just things that you'll never forget.
0: Unreal. Um, I I was watched you when you went on uh, a view from the bridge, and you were saying that like Keith had to give you the the yes, the nod, to go, and it would have been amiss of him not to do that, but because obviously the team was struggling at the time and they needed your performance. So that was great to hear that Keith had you back and uh, a great story, Tyler. Just one more for me and we'll let you go. Um, Belfast have made a sign in Uh, Blake Spears. What do you know? Uh, What can, what can the Belfast fans expect?
1: Um, I don't know a whole lot about him. Um, I know he's a centerman, which we, we definitely need right now. Um, I think it's one, one area of our our team that we're looking, backing is it's just um guys that can take face-offs on a regular basis and and um guys that are maybe a little more responsible in the d zone especially down the middle and so we i mean we had guys that had never played center before taking face-offs and so we, we were joking about it a few weeks ago saying that it's basically open tryouts right now for center to be a centerman so um yeah it's good it's good to be able to bring in a, a centerman and um yeah he, he obviously, I looked him up real quick today. He has a couple of games in the NHL. So, um, yeah, who knows? You, you just never know, uh, what, what you're going to get. Um, I know he's friends with, um, with McIntyre there. So, um, hopefully he settles in nicely with us. And I know, I know it's not a very difficult place to, to feel at home. And so, um, I know that the staff and the team are going to do a good job to, good job to welcome him here, welcome him in here.
0: Oh uh, Paddy Smith messaged me earlier. He played for uh a Sheldon Keith in in Sioux. So if there's anyone got a recommendation then he he's probably best to give one. Tyler I really enjoyed the last hour. Thank you very much for coming on and uh, have a great rest of the season.
1: Yeah, no worries. Thanks. Thanks for having me, fellas and uh yeah. Hopefully uh hopefully you're, we can do a little better than your team this year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>